Welcome to Bangalore Revival Center. Here we dream revival and serve people with love. Today, Pastor Priji continues to teach from the healing series on how to build your faith and how to bring your belief and unbelief to the Lord through persistent prayer. May this word heal you of all your unbelief. Let's begin with Psalm 116 verse 1 to 9. This morning we are studying healing from a different perspective. Let's begin from Psalm 116 verse 1 onwards. Let's read it together. 1 2 3 go. I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. The psalmist says, this is why I love the Lord even more. He's not saying this is the only reason why I love God. But he's saying, because I have been seeing and experiencing God in this last season. Because I've seen how he hears my voice. How he is attentive to every word I speak. Now because of that, I love him. And I know that he, he hears my prayer for mercy. See, this is a confident trust this guy has in God's ability to hear my prayers. It is necessary that we declare these things out to the Lord, especially in seasons when we don't feel like God is hearing my prayer. See, when God is hearing my prayer, I have a visible sign of it in, this, in, this, in, the, in, in the healing or in the miracle or in the breakthrough that has happened. But especially in the seasons when I don't see God doing anything, It's necessary that we lift up the, the, these declarations out to the Lord saying, I know that God hears my voice. And because I know that God hears my voice, I'm going to declare my love out for the Lord. My worship will increase. My affection for the Lord will increase. My dedication to His house will increase because I know and I know and I know that He hears my voice. And... He hears my prayer for mercy. See, like so many times when we ask something of the Lord, we should know that it is the mercy of God that makes it happen. It is not the fact that we deserve it or we are entitled to this blessing or we are entitled to this, uh, you know, breakthrough. No, many a times we are not. But we, we, we pray and we pray for the mercy of God to manifest for us for the mercy of God to locate us and the Bible says he heard my prayer for mercy verse 2 he says because he bends down to listen I will pray as long as I have breath why will I pray as long as I have breath because because he bends down to listen see our, our motivation to pray is Uh, you know that okay as long as my answer is coming as long as my breakthrough is coming as long as uh, things are shifting when I pray as long as I feel good about prayer I will pray he's saying no 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 the reason for my prayer is not me the reason for my prayer is not the fact that today I have time the reason for my prayer is not the fact that today things are working out on my favor that is not why I'm praying I am praying because I have a revelation of God's posture towards my prayer. The Bible says that he has bent down to listen. 
because he has bent down to listen because he has made himself available for me because he is drawn close to me so he can hear my voice i am now going to pray as long as i have breath irrespective of the answers or when or when it doesn't come or when it comes i don't care or it doesn't matter i am going to pray i'm going to intercede i'm going to stand in the gap and i'm going to believe that god hears my prayer how many of you are still breathing come on if your neighbor didn't lift their hands just uh, just try to shake them just make sure they're still alive that they are they're still here yeah the bible says as long as i have breath what will i do i will pray come on in this season can our prayer catch fire in this season can we can we have the the posture that god has ever before our face the bible says he he's bent down to listen to us he's come close to listen to us he is taking efforts to make sure that your prayer catches his ear why will you not pray why would you not want to pray why would you not want to take out time why would you still trust in your own ability to come out of this issue why will you not just you know put everything down at his feet and make your supplications known to him verse 3 says death wrapped its robes around me the terrors of grave it overtook me i saw only trouble and sorrows you you see the three levels of attack first is that death wrapped its robes around me this looks very physical this looks very tangible where there is physical struggle and and you feel the physical pain and you feel the uh, the the physical challenges and the limitations and 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 because of the ropes you're 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 limited you cannot do certain things anybody been tied down anytime anybody kidnapped in this house anytime no even if you have you don't have to talk about it but i'm just it's not a pleasant experience and sometimes when the enemy puts certain limitations over our life we can we we, we may feel like man this is it this is it i i don't i i just feel very restricted today i i don't feel like praying i don't feel like crying i don't feel like talking to god i don't feel like doing anything worthwhile and that's exactly what this guy is feeling he says death wrapped its robes around me the terrors of grave overtook me check this out death has not yet succeeded okay what is death doing it's trying to wrap its ropes around me right entangle me you know and restrict me but meanwhile when i'm experiencing all of this physically something else has happened in my mind there is fear there is terror of the grave see grave happens after death right so grave didn't overtake me but the terror of grave overtook me so because of this ropes that are bound you know that i'm bound in it says that my mental state has gone out of the window now in my mind i have traveled far beyond where i am physically see physically i'm still restricted limited i'm not dead yet it feels like death is trying to bind me but mentally i the death the terrors of grave has already overtaken me 
mentally i have already died and i have already been buried and you know i'm i'm in the grave in my mind and it says because of that in my spirit okay you know your ability to see things that is a spiritual ability see everybody can see everybody can see in the natural but it requires somebody whose eyes are opened to see the things that god is showing the bible says elisha when he looked at the mountains around him he didn't see the chariots of the enemy he saw the chariot of the lord but his servant his eyes were closed what did he see he saw only trouble and sorrow so then elisha prayed said god will you please open his eyes and then the eyes of his spirit was opened to see more than trouble or sorrow so check this out okay i want you to see the progression here the progression began with a physical attack where there uh, where there is death that is holding him down because of which now in his mind there is terrors of grave that has overtaken him now he's going to going through mental attacks which is ultimately brought him to a place where he is now spiritually blind where he is like that elisha servant where he can see only trouble and sorrow now church do you see how the enemy tries to take us down his intention is not for you know that death cannot hurt you or touch you until and unless god says so but he knows that if i can just stop him from seeing anything but trouble and sorrow if i can spiritually blind him then he will eventually die because one thing that keeps you and i alive is our spirit the day that we die in our spirit i'm telling you we are we are done then even if you're physically alive it's of no use then even if you are physically active and prosperous and doing well in life you're going nowhere and that's why the bible says this is what's happening to me it began in a physical realm then it it transpired into my soul realm where it is now you know causing fear in my head which has finally brought me to a place where i am spiritually blinded where i can see nothing else i can't see how god is working in my life but this morning we're going to reverse the process we we are going to pray for a breakthrough in our spirit which is going to overflow into our soul which is going to overflow even into our bodies you know there's no point trying to attack things in the physical or the natural when that is not how god intended it to be god intended your spiritual breakthrough to fall and come out out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water not 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 go into your belly but flow out of your belly what is on the inside of you what god whatever you need is placed on the inside of you and now that needs to flow out that needs to come out that needs to you know take one step at a time and come through in your life verse 4 then i called on the name of the lord and i said please lord save me why why did he call on the name of the lord because he remembered god's posture towards me god's posture towards my prayer is that he's bent down and he's attentive and he's listening to every word i speak he hears my voice he he hears my cry for mercy so what did i do so when i was going through all of these things i began to cry out to the lord for help saying lord please save me 
verse 5. Are you ready for this? It says, how kind the Lord is. How good he is. Come on church, read it with me. So merciful this God of ours. One more time. How kind this God is. How good he is. So merciful this God of ours. Come on, look at your neighbor and say this out. How kind this Lord is. How good is he. So merciful this God of ours. Come on, another neighbor, another neighbor, another neighbor. One more time. How kind. How good is he. So merciful. This God of ours. See, when you are feeling tied down, you need to declare the mercy and the goodness and the kindness of God. Those are not the times when you go and, you know, tell God about how good you've been. Those are the times you declare the goodness of God. You know, those are not the times when we question God's goodness. Those are not the times when we question the healing we received. Those are not the times when we question every prophecy that has come our way. Those are not the times when we begin to, you know, waver in our love or our faith. Those are the times when we become more steadfast and we begin to declare, no, I know who my God is. I know how he is. I know what he is doing in my life in this season and I will declare it out loud. Verse 6 it says, the Lord protects those of I want you to remember that statement, childlike faith. What does the Bible say? The Lord protects those of childlike faith. I was facing death and he saved me. How? How? How did he save me? Because of my childlike faith. Not just faith, but childlike faith. A, a, a faith that doesn't give room for logic. What is a childlike faith? A faith that doesn't give room for rational, you know, thinking and reasoning. And you know that you cannot reason with a child. You cannot tell them that, hey, you know, in 10 years from now, this is going to be a good choice that you didn't want to eat a lot of chocolates at night. It's not going to work in their head. They can't see 10 years from now. That is a time when you, you don't teach them logic, you teach them faith. You tell them, hey, do you trust me? Do you know that I love you? Do you know that I, will, I have the best intention? I know you love chocolate. I know when to give you a chocolate. I know when not to give you a chocolate. That's the time when you teach the child to believe, to trust in you. And the Lord says that the, because of childlike faith, guys, we have to mature in a lot of areas, but in our faith, we have to become like a child. The, the more we we become childlike in our faith, the more mature we will become in, in our ability to see God answer our prayers, in our ability to see God come through for us. Let's read the next verse. It says, let my soul be at rest again, for the Lord has been good to me. Come on, speak to yourself. Let my soul be at rest again. This season, let this week, let my soul be at rest one more time. Why? Because the Lord has been, he has been good to me. Verse 8, it says, he has saved me from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from stumbling. Check this out. What were the three levels of attack? There was a, uh, there was a physical attack, there was a spiritual attack, and there was a mental attack, right? 
And here we see the same three levels. He says, he has, he has saved me in each of these three levels. He has saved me from death. Every physical attack he has saved me from. He has saved my eyes from tears, which means I'm, I'm, I'm no longer crying about the terrors that are overwhelming me. And he has kept my feet from stumbling because all I could see was troubles and sorrows, right? But he has not allowed me to be stumbling. Even though I could, I was spiritually, I was blinded and I was at the verge of stumbling and falling. He, the Bible says, the Lord did not allow me to stumble. Amen? God is not just promising you spiritual victory. See, this is something that we need to get it very clear, church. Because sometimes we think that God will only give us victory in the spirit. And everything else, uh, you know, we have to go to the doctor. We have to find a, a, a mental health, uh, you know, psychiatrist, all of that. No, God can give you help in each and every aspect of your life. Your spiritual victory, your physical victory, your emotional victory, your mental victory. Everything comes from the Lord. If we will trust Him with childlike faith. If you will pray like how this psalmist prayed, then the Bible says he will save me from death. He saved my eyes from tears and my feet from stumbling. And so, come on, one more time, the last verse, verse 9, it says, And so I walk in the Lord's presence as, as I live here on the earth. As long as I have breath, I will walk in the Lord's presence. As long as I have breath, I will pray. You remember that verse 2? What did he say? Because he bends down to listen, as long as I have breath, I will pray. I will pray as long as I have breath. And here he says, as long as I live here on the earth, I will walk in the Lord's presence. Amen? Let's go to the story for today. This is Mark chapter 9 and verse 14 onwards. This is a story we are familiar with. We have studied multiple times. The Bible says in Mark chapter 9, verse 14, when they returned to the other disciples, they saw a huge crowd surrounding them and some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe and they ran to greet him. Jesus asked, so what is all this arguing about? So one of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. But whenever this spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit but they couldn't do it. So this is a, a story where the disciples were approached by this father and the father is saying that my child, he has a demonic possession. What does the demonic possession do? Let's read verse uh, 17. It says, he's possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him speak, that wouldn't let him talk. Verse 18, it says, and whenever the spirit seizes him, it makes him violent and violently it will throw him down to the ground. And once he's thrown to the ground, he will begin to foam at the mouth and grind his teeth. And then consecutively he'll become rigid. All of this is a result of a demonic possession in this person's life. 
See, you should understand that this is a young boy that doesn't have any bad intention, that doesn't have any uh, negative, you know, desire towards his father or towards anybody. But there is a spirit that has possessed him from a very tiny age, from a very small time. There is a spirit that is in control. And the Bible says that from whenever the spirit, you know, first of all, this boy is not able to talk. Okay, he's, he's been mute all his life. And second, there will be times when this times or seasons or, you know, these uh, occasions when the spirit will take control of this boy. And as soon as the spirit takes control of the boy, the boy is no longer good. The boy is no longer normal. The boy is no longer in, in charge of his activities. Now somebody else is controlling him. Now, the Bible says when Jesus heard about this, uh, he, he said to them, he asked them, saying, you faithless people, this is verse 19, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Okay, what did Jesus say? What was the accusation that Jesus had on the disciples? You faithless people. You guys that don't have faith. Now, come on. Among all the people other than Jesus, if there's anybody who did have faith, it was the disciples of Jesus. See, these guys have been casting out demons. These guys have been, you know, healing the sick. These guys have been cleansing the lepers. In fact, one point they came to Jesus and said, Jesus, you, you have no idea what happened. Even demons subjected to us when we use your name. Okay? The disciples know the trick. The disciples know the principles and the way to see somebody's healing and deliverance. And right now, Jesus looks at his disciples and says, Hey guys, how long am I going to be with you? How long must I handhold you through the whole process? Why are you so faithless? What is happening to you? Why did you just stick to the the, the basic process and when it didn't happen you just gave up so you know you know how they have they were taught how to do healing they were taught how to cast out demons they knew the technique they knew the name they should use they knew how to pray they knew you know what posture Jesus would use when he would cast out demons and they did everything and none of it worked and Jesus says hey it's because you, you did all these things, but you didn't have faith. You, you didn't grow in your, uh, you know, faith. You didn't grow in your, uh, you know, you, you just got stuck with the technique of these external things. And you didn't go beyond that. And he's saying, how long must I be with you? How long must I even put up with all of this? Now bring the boy to me. Verse 20, it says, so they brought the boy, but when the evil spirit in the boy saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. The evil spirit in the boy had to see Jesus. See, all these disciples, they were praying, they were using all their techniques, they were been, they've been uh, you know, they, they are like, you know, in the name of Jesus and in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, you know, like we, we know all the right words to pray. And these guys did all of that and nothing happened. But the Bible says, 
as soon as the evil spirit saw Jesus nothing happened when they saw the disciples but when the evil spirits saw Jesus there was something about the personality of Jesus that caused these evil spirits to manifest if they didn't leave they didn't leave but they become they became extremely violent they began to be trouble this boy all the more now see you you may you may think you know pastor that doesn't make sense when they see jesus when jesus is in this house why should there be more problem so till now the boy was calm till now the boy was okay but all of a sudden jesus came and the boy is brought to jesus that should make him peaceful right but it, that didn't happen as soon as the boy saw jesus as soon as not the boy as soon as the spirit saw jesus the spirit started acting all violent it started going all berserk so when when things in your life is you know turbulent and when everything begins to shift when everything begins to go upside down and and you see that there are spiritual forces at work trying to make sure that you lose your peace that's not a sign of god's absence that happens when god draws close to you that happens when you draw close to god church let me tell you this you cannot be at peace the demons that are fighting you they cannot rest and they cannot be at peace when you pray more when you come close to jesus they cannot be at peace they are going to attack you they are going to you know go crazy but the bible says the demons had to see jesus they couldn't just be satisfied with a prayer they couldn't just be satisfied with a mood they they couldn't just be satisfied with you know undisciplined uh, disciples they had to see a jesus so so when we pray when we live our lives our goal is not just to hey uh, you know get the technique right on how to heal people or how to receive our own healing our goal is to be jesus here on earth that's why i began by saying when we come to church we don't just receive his voice but we also respond to his voice and now we represent his voice on the earth because when we live on the earth like jesus lived here when our character when our words when our attitude everything matches the character of jesus the demons don't see you anymore the demons see the jesus that you represent the demons see the image and the love and the grace and the compassion of jesus on your life church it's no use if we pray a lot but we don't carry the image of jesus if there's no use absolutely no use if we have the name that we are christians the the all the criteria we meet, meeting all the criteria we are baptized we are going to a church you know we are serving in the church we are regular in church all of that is right but if we don't carry the image of jesus then we have lost the whole whole, whole goal of christianity christianity was never about you uh, you know changing religion from one to the other christianity was about you following jesus till you begin to represent him till his image is now formed in you till his likeness is now developed in you the bible says that as soon as this spirit saw jesus in this in, in the person that was about to pray 
the bible says the spirit became violent verse 21 what did jesus do see this is jesus this is the most powerful person walking on the planet the most anointed person right one word from jesus and everything can be sorted out right but what did jesus do jesus begins to engage in a conversation he says how long has this been happening jesus asked the boy's father he replied since he was a little boy verse 22 the spirit often throws him into the fire or into the water and will try to kill him have mercy on us and help us if you can so jesus is trying to engage with the boy's father to try to get to the root of the problem see we we may think that okay now that we have brought him to jesus now that he has seen jesus now that you know jesus is in the house now the demons man that's it that's it this is the end the demons can no longer have access in this house but jesus said jesus didn't cast out the demons immediately jesus started engaging and and, and trying to get to the root and jesus said when did this begin what will be the circumstances when this demons manifest and the and, and and he explained and he said this began when he was still a child and every time this happens the demon will try to kill him will throw him into the fire or will throw him into the water and then he finally made this statement that jesus would hold on to he said have mercy on us and help us if you help us if you which showed to Jesus, Jesus, Jesus forgot, Jesus ignored the fact that it started when he was a boy, Jesus ignored the fact that it would try to kill him, all the dangerous things, Jesus ignored. Jesus held on to that one statement that he made. What do you mean help you if I can? Read the next verse. He says, what do you mean if I can? What do you mean by that statement? Because when you came to my disciples, this is exactly what you asked them. When you came to my disciples you still are asking if it's possible if it is okay if it is God's will if there is a way if there is a solution what do you mean by if I can so there was lack of faith in this place because of it Jesus himself he's saying no let me get to the root of the issue and then we will deal with the issue itself because if I if I just deal with the issue but I don't deal with the root the root can again bear fruit tomorrow the root can again bring demonic possessions tomorrow the root can again open up doors to other other attacks from different areas to come and dwell in your home so let me before I deal with the issue let me go to the root of this issue and Jesus says, what do you mean by saying if you can what what do you mean if you can why is there doubt in this place why is there faithlessness in this place why is there faithlessness in your prayer see this guy is having like this guy is intentional he's pursuing god right he's pursuing and he's praying and he's asking god and yet his prayer was a prayer without faith he he's brought a son can you imagine he's he's dealing with the disciples so you know probably they'll they, they were different levels of disciples right and um, he'll he'll begin with the lower class of disciples and the you know the closer 70 and then 
the 12 and when the 12 couldn't heal the he'll go to the three and when the three also couldn't help is when jesus comes into the picture so he's been is intentional he's pursuing the presence of jesus is pursuing an answer and yet there was doubts there were issues because of which there 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 couldn't be answers the answers didn't come the solutions didn't come and i think that that is that is something that we need to catch on today church we need to ask ourselves this question what are those areas where i don't have faith i have prayer but i don't seem to have faith because of which my prayer doesn't seem to work because of which my prayer doesn't seem to you know bear fruit and bear results and jesus said what do you mean that if i can don't you know that anything is possible if a person anything is possible now that is called childlike faith do you remember what did the what did the psalmist say the lord protects me because of my childlike faith because of my childlike faith and now jesus says guys you have you've no idea anything is possible absolutely anything is possible if a person truly believes absolutely completely truly believes if a person believes anything is possible the next statement it's very powerful okay verse 24 it says the father instantly cried out saying i do believe but i do have unbelief also i do believe but i do have unbelief also so will you help my help me overcome my unbelief you know this is this is a perfect christian we all have this we have that unbelief we have the belief so what we try to do is we just say okay okay i do have belief i do but we don't we don't bring our unbelief to the lord here is a man he says you know i do believe but there is this unbelief will you please help me overcome my unbelief he brought even his unbelief to the lord that is called childlike faith see faith is not like some imaginative world where you know there is no like i have this deep focus meditative thought like this is what i used to think that in my head i will believe 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 that and i will forget everything else no 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 that's that's not faith that may be something else but that is not faith faith is is coming to the lord and saying this is this is how much belief i have and this is how much unbelief i have now i trust in you to help me with both of it i depend on you to help me with my faith i with my belief i depend on you to help me with my unbelief that is faith that is childlike faith a childlike faith requires see you know it's like this when we grow up we don't go to our parents with our mistakes when we grow up we 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 try to you know figure out our own solutions for our mistakes but when you're a child you spill the coffee you spill the milk who help who comes to help you the, you don't go to your parents only for the good things even for the bad things you're like <laughs> you're my only help you know you're my only solution in this house if you don't help me clean this up this is going to stink so please sort this out the kid, the children they don't depend on their parents only for the good things even for the ugly things they de- but as we grow up we know how to handle ourselves we know how to clear up our own messes we know how to you know go to the washroom and you know do our own thing 
but as a child you don't know how to do it every day you know morning and evening the child will dada come <laughs> they are dependent on you that is called childlike faith where we depend on the lord not just for my faith not just for my belief but even for my unbelief even for my failures even for those areas where i i can't seem to make it even for those areas where i i don't have answers even for those areas i depend on the lord that is called childlike faith church can we reach that as a family can we can we tap into this the bible says in the next verse it says when jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers were growing he rebuked the evil spirit what did he say listen you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and to speak okay now i, I want to understand this did anywhere this person say that that he can't hear he just said that this boy cannot speak but jesus said wait i speak to the spirit that is stopping his hearing so you you understand jesus is addressing the root of the issue not just the issue he knows that he is not able to speak because he is not able to hear in the first place and jesus says listen listen to me you spirit that stops this boy from hearing and speaking all that they can see is the speaking part but i can see what they can't see i understand what they don't understand and i command that spirit that is attacking your hearing first before i command the spirit that is speaking that is stopping your speaking ability and then he says i command you listen you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak i command you to come out of this child and never enter again the bible says then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him the boy he appeared to be dead a murmur ran through the crowd as people said he's dead but jesus he took him up by the hand and helped him up to his feet and he stood up isn't this beautiful see jesus he 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 wanted to take time with this healing every other healing in the bible it was very quick you don't see a process but in this particular healing the bible says jesus took time in fact so much time that it finally became a big mob when he saw that okay now we are not going to be able to control this place that is when he said okay now we need to get out of this place and he accelerated things but otherwise he he wanted to engage with the father he wanted to engage with the issue he 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 wanted to converse with the father look at this okay the son is the one suffering but who lacks faith in this place the father the father's lack of faith caused the son to suffer it is not the son's problem here it is not the child's problem so some things in your life you 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 may be blaming the other person saying why are you doing this what what's wrong with you and but you need to take responsibility for the things that you have not surrendered to the lord and the bible says as soon as as this reached the climax jesus addressed the root of the issue and brought out the spirit and commanded the spirit to never again enter this child which means earlier the spirit would leave but then come back leave and then come back more powerfully leave 
and then attack even even more uh, you know more, with more intense way but in this time jesus said no no more i command you to leave and never to come back so i i i believe that today there is going to be a deliverance that will happen as we pray there are things that are happening repeatedly which will break today as we declare a word there are things that are that are stealing your dreams there are things that are spirits that are stealing your dreams there are spirits that are stealing your progress your productivity your increase we'll speak a word over them we'll command them in the name of jesus do you know what i was doing all this you know last half an hour 45 minutes i'm trying to go to the root of the issue you know otherwise it's very easy right i can just come and pray lord heal them rebuke all the demons you know and but what am i trying to do here i'm trying to go to the root of the issue i'm trying to teach you how to have faith i'm trying to teach you how to bring your belief and your unbelief to the lord the bible says the next next verse afterward the disciples came to jesus when jesus was alone in the house with his disciples they came and asked him why is it that we couldn't cast out the evil spirit we did all the things that you did why is it that we couldn't do the same thing then jesus replied he said this kind can be cast out only by prayer another version says only by prayer and by fasting jesus is giving them a key here okay jesus said see the faithlessness was the boy's father's problem but there was another problem on your side which was prayerlessness the the lack of childlike faith that is what he didn't have but faith is, alone is not enough faith and prayer has to go hand in hand and he's looking at his disciples and said none of you guys prayed this kind can go out only by prayer not just by see when you command the demon to come out that's not prayer but prayer requires for you to spend time in the presence of the lord communicate get to the heart can you imagine jesus is here and he's praying and he's talking to the father saying okay tell me more about this he's praying is 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 online in his communication with the father he is he's trying to get to the root of the issue he's trying to understand what the father has not even told him and jesus giving the key to the disciples said hey guys you did everything that you see me doing on the outside but there was something that i do when you don't see that you don't hear that is that i was in a state of prayer i was in a state of fasting that i was in this mode where i was receiving from my father as i was ministering to him and that is the key for this kind of demons to come out which means there are other kind of demons that come out without prayer see what does jesus say this kind can be cast out only which means there are different kinds of demons there are different kinds of problems there are different kinds of iniquities there are different kinds of diseases some diseases don't need prayer and then you pray and then you declare and something happens and you know you're like wow you know god is with me but that that is not a proof that your prayer life is okay your answered prayers are not a proof that you know you're praying enough let me repeat that again for some of you like trying to process it just because some things that you wanted happened doesn't mean that you're praying good enough 
It just means that you have not hit the level that requires where your prayer is really going to be tested. You've not hit that level. So church, we cannot just have faith. We need prayer with the faith. Prayer and faith, when it goes hand in hand, there is a level of authority that comes upon the church. We need prayer, not of weak, fearful people. We need prayer of people that have childlike faith. And when that goes hand in hand, and this prayer, it is a prayer that is consistent, that is persistent, that doesn't give up. It doesn't matter how long it takes. It doesn't matter how, how hard the process is. This prayer doesn't give up. That is the kind of prayer that will truly yield results. Church, this season we have to pray. We have to pray. We have a hurting world around us. We have a broken world around us. We have a world around us that are in desperate need of a healing touch of Jesus. And this is a season when we need to pray and pray like never before. James chapter 5. I know that we are all familiar with this scripture. But we'll read this before we finish today. James chapter 5 and verse, verse 13. Are any of you suffering hardships? What should you do? Come on, loudly. You should pray. Are you happy? You should sing praises. So, so both of it is necessary. You remember I was talking about faith, where you bring your good and your bad to the Lord. That becomes wholesome faith. Not just your belief, but even your unbelief. Here, here it says, anybody f- suffering hardships? Yes, you should pray. You should talk to God about it. Um, are you... Are you happy? Then you should sing praises. Are any of you sick? Then you should call the elders of the church to come and pray over you. How? Anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Verse 15. It says, such a prayer that is offered in faith. Come on, loudly. Such a prayer that is offered. One more time. Such a prayer that is offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. Did you understand the concept? He's, he's teaching about prayer and he's teaching about faith. Okay? And he's saying, there are two, two seasons you may experience. You may experience a season when you're happy and you may experience a season when, you're, when you have hardships. What should you do in, in season of hardship? Pray. When you're happy, sing praises. Okay? Then he says, and, and involve somebody else into your life. Call the elders, call the leaders, call someone else to come and place the oil upon your head and to anoint you and then pray over you. Now there is prayer and there is faith. Why is there faith? Because I, was, I, I brought my hardship and I brought my happiness to the Lord. Do you understand? Come on church, I'm trying to connect you guys back to what Jesus said what the boy's father prayed and he said, I, I do believe but help my unbelief, right? So he brought his belief and his unbelief to the Lord. Now, here is James teaching us. He's saying, any of you who have hardships, sing praises, worship about it, thank God for it. Any of you have hardships, you should pray. Any of you, have, any of you are happy, you should sing praises, bring both the belief and the disbelief to the Lord. And then invite others to pray over you with the oil. And then it says, such a prayer that is offered in faith. 
Such a prayer that is offered in faith. See, this is where I, I like to believe that sometimes we need to involve others. Sometimes we need to go beyond ourselves. Like this boy's father, no matter how much prayer or faith he had, he needed a Jesus to speak to the spirit. So sometimes some of your iniquities, some of your infirmities, some of your sicknesses, you need to go outside yourself for a help. And that's what it says. You can pray, you can rejoice, but then call the elders, invite them in. And this combination of prayer that is offered in faith, that is the prayer that will heal the sick. That is the prayer that is going to cause the Lord to make you well. It's not the prayer that will make you well, it's the Lord that will make you well, but see, it's necessary that we, we do our part, that we put all those things in place. And then he says, and if you have committed any sins because of which this sickness is there, because of which this uh, trouble is there, those sins will be forgiven. Verse 16, it says, uh, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and it produces wonderful results. Why is it saying earnest prayer? Because there is confession of sins. There is transparency. There is accountability. There is openness. There is willingness to say, okay, this is where I went wrong. Help my unbelief. This is where I messed up. Help my problem. Help my addiction. Help my struggle. This is where I messed up. I'm willing to confess my sins. I'm willing to confess my unbelief. And then he says, when you do that, when you confess your sins to each other and then you pray, then the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and it will produce wonderful results. It doesn't say that the earnest prayer of a sinless person. We are not talking about sinlessness here. We are talking about righteousness that comes as a result of confession and accountability and, and submission and transparency and willingness to just humble ourselves before each other. There is a righteousness that comes. It says the righteousness that's a fruit of this accountability. That righteousness, that righteous prayer produces wonderful results. None of us can be 100% sinless, but we can be 100% accountable. None of us can be 100% you know, perfect, but we can be 100% submissive. We can bring our unbelief, our sins, our struggles, our problems, all those areas of our life that doesn't look like a childlike faith, we can bring it to the Lord and say, Lord, this is my mess. This is my struggle. Help me. I need help. I, I, I need, need help. And it says, says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Do you understand why I said it's some prayers, it's necessary that you involve one another? Some healings require you to depend on somebody outside of you. Some, some healings. And this is one of those healings. This is one of those kinds. And Jesus is asking them, hey, I will help you but you need to trust, you need to believe, you need to fast, you need to pray, you need to grow in your maturity of what faith and prayer is all about. Let me finish with this verse 17. It says, Elijah 
He was as human as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. We don't read about this in 1 Kings. What do we hear? We hear that Elijah walked into the throne room. And what did Elijah do? Unless I say, there shall be no rain nor dew in Israel. That's what Elijah did. But what does James say? James says, no, 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 Elijah prayed. He prayed earnestly. There was a season of prayer that went behind that command that he made before the king. See, it was very easy for Jesus to just stand up and say, I command you, you spirit that is stopping this boy from hearing and speaking to leave and to never enter. But there was a season of prayer that went behind that command. What, what the whole, whoever wrote the book of Kings in 1 Kings chapter 17, 18 is where we see the story. Who wrote that they only saw what Elijah did. They didn't see what he the prayer that he prayed. The Bible says he prayed earnestly. Earnestly. I don't know how long it took. He prayed and 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 he prayed till he could bring all of his belief and his unbelief, his perfections and his failures, everything to the, to the throne of God. And then he could stand strong before the throne of Ahab and said, unless I say, unless I so for that reason, I believe that God didn't give him this idea. It wasn't God's idea. It was his idea. He said, God, I need to send revival. I need to cause revival to come upon my nation. So this is what I think we should do. I think we should just stop the rain. And he prayed, 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 and he prayed. And, he prayed. and then he walked into the king's room. And he said, unless I say, Ahab, there'll be no rain, and there will be no dew. And he says that, and for three and a half years, there was no rain at all. The next verse, it says verse 18. And then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. First he prayed saying there will be no rain. And now he prayed. You know, this second prayer is recorded in the Bible for your, you know, information. And the Bible says he prayed in a very awkward position. He, he put his head beneath, between his feet, bent down posture before God and he prayed. Okay? Now, the thing is this. He prayed and nothing happened. You know the story, so I'm, I, I don't have the time to go into it. He prayed and nothing happened. He sent his servant to bring the news about the rain. And the servant went and came back and said, no, as dry as it's ever been. Elijah continued praying. He continued praying. I don't know how many times did he, I think it's three times. Three times the servant had to go back and, and keep seeing. And, the, and we don't know how long that process was. But Elijah continued to pray, continued to pray, continued to pray. Till he saw an answer. He continued to pray. Church, if, if, is, it, is it that we, we get discouraged the very first time that we hear a no or we don't see the answer or we don't see the fruit of what we are praying for? Don't we get discouraged? Don't we give up praying? And here is the Lord telling us, hey, this is the prayer that is prayed with earnestness. 
Here is a prayer that is prayed with, with intentionality and, and you pray and you pray and you pray and you pray a little more and then you surrender a little more and you give up the unbelief, you lay down your sins, you, account, you become accountable about your struggles, you, 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 you open up your heart, you involve other people, you do everything possible but giving up is not an option. Giving up your prayer is not an option. You can do everything possible that is available in scripture to see what you're believing for to come to pass. But giving up is not the option. We don't have that option at all. God has taken that out of the book. There's no giving up. You pray till the answer comes. You pray till the healing breaks out. You pray till the demon leaves. You pray till you see total breakthrough. Come on, church. Are we ready for this? Are we ready for this kind of faith? You know, we, we dealt with faith a little while back in this same series. And that was a faith where you declare what, what is happening on the inside of you. That's different from this faith. This faith requires you to submit everything into the hands of God. Your hardships and your happiness. Your belief and your unbelief. Bring it all into the presence of the Lord. And, and then you pray. And then that prayer yields great and wonderful results. Thank you for downloading today's sermon. We hope this ministered to you and your family today. Connect with us at dreamingrevival.com and you're welcome to join in to any of our Sunday celebration service at 11 a.m. Or you can tune in to our live stream at youtube.com slash God bless you and have a blessed week.